serve a God who is so good that he knows since sin has entered the world, bad things happen. And God will use those bad things to draw a heart towards him. And I believe because God is who he says he is, he uses the good things and the bad things, the great things and the the high times and the down times. And um, God is always reaching out to his people. I know that because I believe scripture uh, backs that. And I believe knowing what it costs Jesus, um, knowing the love God has for his people, that he would send his very best to suffer and to die so that you and I wouldn't have to. I know God's willing to do whatever it takes to get you to understand just how real he is, how awesome he is. And I'm excited about Ephesians chapter 3 today. Um, We're moving along in our journey, so we better just uh, get right into it. Um, for those of you that are reading ahead or not, we're, we're, we're into Ephesians chapter 3. Um, I kind of have the first seven verses to kind of intro this. So I told Josh, I'm like, give me a little time here. That's a lot. He's kind of hogging narrowed... the opening of the message <laughs> yeah. today, really. He's like, hey, I'll divide it up, right? I'll make it even. Just jump uh, in. But yeah. I'm narrowing down the first seven verses to just one verse. So we're going to just start with verse 6 today. And I just, there's some just... There's a whole sermon in itself from verse six, but that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna start with this, and and I promise I won't I won't take all of our time. I won't let you. And this is no. God's plan. <laughs> Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body, and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. So this is important. It might not sound super important to us today, but back then, I mean, the Jews were promised so much from all the Old Testament uh, prophets, um, from the Old Testament, from the written word of God, the scrolls, the, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, as we know them today. The Jews were promised all this kind of stuff. They were God's chosen people, and the Gentiles were really kind of they felt really left out from that and 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 sometimes the Jews that the thought they thought they were better than everyone else because they were God's chosen people and when Jesus came he basically said no I, I've come for everyone because the Jews he knew um, would reject him as the Messiah uh, the Bible talks about in Hebrews that he is now taking the rest of the world Uh, the Gentiles, that would be you and I, anyone of non-Jewish descent, and it says that he has grafted us in. In other words, what Paul is saying here, both you and I, both Jews and non-Jew, we both, check this out, um, it's God's plan that we believe the good news, that we share and enjoy the promise of blessings, and that we belong to Christ Jesus. Isn't that pretty cool? Um, so really quick, I'll put, so, so I give Josh some time to jump in here. I'm going to put him on the spot, nice. but I think he can pass the test. Okay. Josh, in five words, what is the good news? The good news. The, good, the gospel in five words. So God, <laughs> sin, Jesus, repent, and life. See? Amen. It's a review. Nice Man. <laughs> Woo! You were sweating. That would have been Come bad. On. Gonna leave me Pay, hanging. Paybacks are coming now. <laughs> so, all right. So, 
if it says here that both um, God's plan were that both you and I and Jews and Gentiles believe the Gospels, it means that we must believe that God started it all. We must believe in God. But the Gospel is, remember, it's five words long. We have to remember that that we, we have to not only believe in God, but we believe God. We believe what God said about sin. And what did he say about sin? That sin, and we're all born into it, has separated us from God. So we have to choose to believe that if we're going to believe the gospel. And so now we have to believe in Jesus because God sent Jesus to die on a cross for our sins so that he could claim us to be righteous because of our faith and trust in him. And also part of believing the gospel, which is God's plan, is that we must believe that we are to repent. In other words, we are to turn away from our old way of doing things and turn towards God and start believing in the new life that he has called us to live. Amen. Anything else? You got any more? <laughs> I do. All right, keep going. All right, so just as really quick, because <laughs> this, this word repent in the gospel, God keeps reminding me of this because I see more and more things. If we're going to believe in Jesus, if we're going to believe the gospel, which it says is God's plan, we must also believe that we are to repent. Amen. The, the new life in Christ means taking off our old way of doing things, putting that off and putting on the new way of doing things. So let me just do this quick analogy and then, then that will be the opening, but I think it's really important. So yesterday, um, my wife, she was gone to Beth Moore and she left me and the kids a big long honeydew list. Yeah, you got so it all done? I cranked a lot of it out. A lot. And a lot of it was outside work and although it wasn't really hot, it was hard work like weed pulling and you know, um, cleaning the house and high pressure spraying all the You can't even remember. I, know, I don't even I'm know that you to... did any of this. Anyway, I was, I was messy, I was dirty, and I was sweaty, and I was stinky, right? And so, um, if I was going to, if I'm going to get out of those stinky clothes, I'm, I need to take those off, get in the shower, clean myself up, and put on new clothes, right? So many people are trying to accept Jesus and all they're doing is if I was in my sweaty, stinky clothes and I just took new clothes and put them on, on top and walk around like Jesus covers it all. And yes, he covers our sin, but no one gets dressed that way. Amen. Some of us are understanding that, yeah, we have to put off our old life and so we're, we're taking off our old lives and our old clothes and we're throwing them to the side but we're not putting on new Jesus clothes, and so we're walking around spiritually naked. Now, I don't know about you, but, but it's probably not good to do that physically, and it's not good to do that spiritually. And so we have to take off our old way of living, take off our old clothes, and put on new ones. Amen. That's what it means Amen. to repent. And God's Word tells us here that it's His plan for you, that you believe that you get to enjoy the blessings and that you belong, all right? Amen. Transformation, okay. right? Yes, the old is absolutely. gone and the new has come. So you can't keep walking in the same path that you're on and say that you're transformed if you're doing the same things you used to do. So awesome. Amen. Okay, let's jump into um, verse 8 here. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege 
of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. And in another translation in the very beginning, it says, Paul says, just think. So think about this. He's saying that him, so Paul did all kinds of horrible things, right, towards the Gentiles prior to his conversion. So think about the persecution. He's telling them, man, think about all the things that I did now. God has blessed me with the opportunity to go out and have an impact, a positive impact on somebody's life. As Mandy shared, and I wanted to say this earlier and I forgot, we have the opportunity every day to have a positive impact on people that God puts in front of us, don't we? And when we feel that onside, inside of our heart, what's our requirement? What are we supposed to do? Act in faith, encourage them, continue to uplift them. So that's what Paul's saying. He's just saying, man, God has given me the absolute privilege. And so for Jeremy and I to be able to share inside of this atmosphere is an absolute privilege and honor to be able to do this. But guess what? Inside of our workplaces, inside of our uh, basketball teams, dance, wherever it is. Do you think God gives us the privilege and the opportunity to do those types of ministries inside of that? You better believe it. So that's what Paul's saying is just think the least deserving yet, I still get the opportunity and the privilege. And then the other thing is I was chosen, right? So think about that. God will absolutely qualify those that he calls. And so Paul's saying, hey, I wasn't the best. God called me, I answered that call, here I am. I was chosen. So I just think about my own story inside of this and kind of what goes back to just telling our stories, right? So you, you, most of you know my story. I was pretty broken in a time in my life, drugs and alcohol, flunking out of school, made a lot of horrible decisions, hurt my family, hurt my wife, a lot of things. But guess what? I didn't let that stop me. I didn't let anybody or anyone or Satan hold me down and not tell my story. And I think that's why I'm so transparent is because everybody here has a story. So Paul is saying, man, he had a story. He's told his story, but God absolutely revived and restored him. Just like Jeremy taking the old clothes off, throwing them out, right? Putting on fresh new clothes. That's what God wants us to do. Tell our story. Don't pick the old dirty clothes back up and put them on. But guess what? God wants you to share your testimony, share your story, so he can bring others towards you to bring to himself and to Christ. Amen. I just, you know, again, he, it talks about God's plan here, and, and Paul's writing to the Ephesian church made up of Jew and Gentile, and uh, I don't want to change anyone's theology here. I don't know what you believe about end time stuff, but um, a lot of us, I think, put too unhealthy of a, um, of a desire on what's happening in Jerusalem and the Jewish people literally. Now, are they God's chosen people? Absolutely, but Paul's saying here, both of us share in that privilege now. We, we are God's people. So everything the Jews were promised, you and I have now a promise to us too. And it's really just being a son and daughter in the kingdom of God. And I think sometimes when we focus too much on someone else, on the Jews or someone else, well, they got it going on here and they got this ministry here. And like Josh said, you have it right where you're at, on your team, on your sports team, in your school, at your job. You have the opportunity to represent Christ. And be, 
Yeah, and be careful you don't, again, get into that comparison theory, right? Yes. Comparing what you're doing to everybody else. And the other thing is we mentioned self-righteousness earlier, right? And the Jews were self-righteous. Be careful, those of you who have been going to church all your life, right, um, that you're, you don't become self, self-righteous. Because then what happens is, is people see that, and that's where hypocrisy and criticism and what keeps people out of the church at times, because we walk around like we got it all going on, yes. but yet people in the real world, inside of our jobs and schools, see how we act, and they're like, well, wait a minute, I don't, I don't know that I want to go to that church. So again, remember, transformation comes from the inside out, and begin to walk that walk as God's calling you. And that's such a great reminder, and, and a great defining that because sometimes I early on in my Christian walk I'd hear that word self-righteous and I didn't really know what it meant so I was like well I don't know if I'm being it or not think what Josh is talking about when they're when you're out there representing Christ and there are other people around you that that don't know him or don't believe in him or follow a different religion or whatever if you come across in any way as better than they are putting them down for their sins or whatever instead of humbly saying man I was there I know what you're going through this is what helped me Jesus helped if if we come across as better than they are to them we are being or guilty of being self-righteous we are to walk humbly and to have the joy of the Lord and and not beat down people and not not judge them and not point out their sins we we need to quit in the church and quit as Christians expecting non-Christians to act like Christians Okay, so really watch yourself. Make sure you're not coming across as self-righteous. Excellent reminder. And the other thing is, I love just the word humility, humble, right? Inside of every environment that we're in, we should be humble. You should. No matter where it is, where you're walking, humility is, is allowing others to see who you are, right? Not acting like you got it all together. Because just like in a church, self-righteousness and the lack of humility can build up walls. Well, what can it do inside of your workplace and school? I mean, you got somebody building brick after brick after brick, and you can't even see them because you think you're all that, right? And I'm telling you, God can knock you over so quick. So again, don't point out everybody else's problems and failures because what do you got going on whenever you're doing that? You got three of them pointing right back at yourself, okay? So it's just a good reminder. The other thing is, too is that what did Paul do here? He took action, right? And, I, and I, one of the things that Jake and I have been talking about inside of his, um, he's reading through the book of John right now and doing a devotion, super cool, I love doing that with you, is it's application, right? So we can read our Bibles, we can read educational books, we can study different theories and whatever it is, but if you don't apply what, you're, what, what God's put on your heart, what you're learning, what do you get out of it? Nothing, right? So you have to apply. So I look back at Paul, and what Paul did is he took action. He said, you know what, God, I'm going to run with this. I don't have it all together. You're going to train me as I go along, right? And that's exactly what he did. But he took a step and said, you know what, I'm going to take some action. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to apply the things that I'm learning in my life. So again, just to encourage you, don't just read your Bible. Don't just come and hang out on Sundays to listen to some great music. Apply what you hear and apply what God puts on your heart and what he has you reading throughout the week in your scripture. And when you do that, God is going to bless you. He's going to bless your ministry. He's going to bless your job, your workplace. And then that's when we recognize when he begins doing that, like Paul does here, hey, I'm, I'm the least of all these. I'm the least unworthy. So when we start building a kingdom and start taking ownership we need to remember hey 
you might be putting in some hard work, but who breathed the breath of life into your being? Who is the reason that you have life at all? It's God, our creator. And so that's why, yes, we are to work and we're to put effort into it, but we can't take much credit because number one, God gave us life physically. And then hopefully for most of us here, God gave us new life spiritually. And if that's not you and you don't have new life in Christ yet spiritually, I guarantee you have life because God created you and he wants you to get the new life spiritually too. So just, just that uh, reminder to walk in humility as we take action. Verse 10, let's move on. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And what I see there, God's purpose, go back to verse 10 really quick. God's purpose in all this was to use the church. We've already seen throughout our study that God wants you to be in Christ. He wants you to be part of the church. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to repent of your ways because Jesus said, unless we repent of our ways, we cannot see heaven. We cannot make it. And so uh, God wants you. Isn't it nice to be wanted? Have you ever felt wanted by someone or, or wanted by, um, you know, a boss? And I was talking with someone earlier this week and her and I, we, we, we kind of uh, help a youth council at the high school um, just kind of take some leadership on some stuff. And, and she was just talking about how she got this new opportunity to teach at Eastern. And, you know, I, I kind of just, and she was talking about, man, they really wanted me to come and teach this class. And it was just so nice. You know, they were really pushing for it. And I asked her that question. I said, man, isn't it nice? Doesn't it feel good to be wanted? Now, I saw a lot of head knobs and, and I heard some uh-hums because you know what I'm talking about and you know what it's like probably to not be wanted at times. You felt that and it hurts and it stinks and you feel like you're alone. I just, really the main point I wanted to pull out here is that a God who is all powerful and all loving wants you. It was his plan to use you, the church, and to do what? To display his wisdom. Um, not only to earthly people, but it says here, to the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. That's angels and demons. There's a, a verse in scripture that talks about angels long to look into the things that God has revealed to man, which is that mystery, which is Christ in your grace. Angels don't know what it's like to experience grace because they're not created with free will, but you and I are. So when we don't deserve it, Angels don't know what it's like not to deserve something, but to feel God's love, to feel his wanting them. And that's what Paul is saying here. God wants to use us, the church, to reach out to others that don't feel wanted. And he wants us to make them feel wanted and know they're wanted. And he wants Amen. to use your touch, maybe, your words, your smile. Relationships. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And just... It goes right along with wanted is what? Encouragement. How good does it feel to hear somebody encourage you? We talked about it this morning. Yeah. It's an awesome feeling. 
for somebody to tell you, man, you look great today, or man, thank you for all the help. You're such a blessing inside of what we're doing. You know, whatever that is, right? But doesn't it feel good? I would challenge you spouses out there just to make a list of those things. We do it inside of Marriage on the Rock, but make a list of five to ten things that uh, you want to share with your husband or wife just to encourage them. And as you read that list off to them, just watch their face. It's pretty incredible just to watch the transition from, oh my gosh, right? So it feels good, but think about God's love times infinity, and that's what he has for us in regards to want and encouragement. And maybe you need to read that list every day about your spouse that you you wrote about. I mean, it's amazing how your spouse will become attracted in a whole new way just by you reading the very words you wrote about them. But because maybe your mind has been on the negative or on you instead of on them, on receiving instead of giving, um, it, it does, it makes a yeah. difference. I recently found my, um, my words to live by that we did, man, was that at the, at the back of the new year or yeah, something? Yeah, it's been a while. Anyway, yeah. and I hadn't, I'd gotten away from it, so I started doing it more this week, and I, I'm like, man, this is really good. <laughs> but it, it reminds me, and, and again, some of the stuff I have in there is about my wife and about my kids and, and, and being who God has called me to be towards them. So just just a great reminder in general. This is a little bit of a, a tangent, but again, we had a conversation with a couple this morning around being intentional about what we're doing, right? If that's putting a sticky note on your dash by your speedometer, wherever it is, that reminds you of what you need to do. And you, if, if it's being grateful, if it's to encourage somebody, as to say you're sorry, as to whatever it is, you, we all have to be intentional about we're doing, what we're doing or life gets in the way and everything's just busy, right? So even if you make a to-do list at work, if you don't prioritize that thing and be intentional about getting it done, guess what's gonna happen? You're probably not gonna check a lot off at the end of the day, am I right? So be intentional about those things. Okay, let's move on to... Uh, Verse 12 says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. And in another translation where it says, go back to verse 12, where it says, um, boldly and confidently, it uses the word fearlessly. So think about that. We, once we accept Christ as our savior, we are his children, right? So do you think that, how do, what's the feeling we have towards our children? We want them to come to us boldly, confidently, fearlessly, because we love them. We want to um, enclose them, engulf them in our love. God's the same way. So what he was sharing with the Gentiles, you don't have to be fearful. God loves you unconditionally. So we need to take that upon ourselves and do the very same thing as we approach God. It's not be an intimidation of him. But man, just boldly, confidently, God, man, this, and this is the way I do it. Man, God, I'm struggling with this today. I need your help. I'm, I'm trying to work through this with Kyler. Man, the kids are being a real pain in the rear end. And Oh, did I say that? No, they're not right now. But right, like just be very bold and confident and know that God is going to move in that situation. When we have faith, he's going to move. So again, approach him with confidence, boldly. And that's what Paul's saying. He didn't want anybody nor us then or now to be fearful of God in any way. The other thing to think about is this. He talks at the end. He says, so please don't lose heart because of my trials. I am suffering for you as you should feel honored. And I wrote down a couple things here. You know, Paul suffered so that he suffered, right? 
Just think and look at the imprisonment that he had, the beatings that he had through everything that was going on. But he's saying it was all worth it. I think about Jesus. Look at everything that Jesus did. Look at the death of him. Look at the beating that he got, right? But it was all worth it. And if I go back and look at my story, it was all worth it. Every bit of it was worth it. I made a lot of mistakes, but the people that I've been able to help through my mistakes, I wouldn't change any of it. Because God has put some people in front of me that I've been able to lead to him who now walk with him every day and they've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So the stuff that you've struggled with, the issues that you've had in the past, use those things and it's all worth it if we can lead one person to Christ in our lifetime. Amen? So use your story. Everything that you've gone through, don't be shy to tell it. Don't be a weird Christian, right? Well, maybe sometimes. But tell your story. Share it because God will bring people to you. I love that. Not only your story, but your suffering. You know, isn't it time, church, we stop making our suffering about us, right? So many times, and I get, I get when we're suffering. Very good. Yeah, go ahead, give it up. I, I, it's time. Listen, this is why Paul's addressing it here, and, and Josh just told you, and I think it went over. I just, I think it went zipped right by some of you guys. When you suffer, it's not always about you. So we're so busy, caught up, and again, I've been guilting. We've been so busy about making it. God, why is this happening to me? And you know what I think he's whispering, but we're so loud in our mind thinking, this is what God's whispering, because I have someone watching you and they're not gonna come to Christ unless I show them someone that Amen. can suffer with joy in their heart, realizing their suffering isn't about themselves, but it's about the honor and glory of God and leading someone else to him. Church, let's stop. I don't know where you're at. Maybe some of you are in the moment right now where you feel like you're suffering some, and I get it. God wants to use you it's his plan it might not have anything to do with you he wants to use you because someone else is watching that you might not even know about they're watching they're going to watch how you suffer Paul saying I am suffering for you so that the gospel can advance so that when you get discouraged in your walk you're going to remember that I didn't get discouraged in my walk amen it goes back to the pity party, right? We get so wrapped up in our own stuff and have a pity party, and we don't, what we don't realize is everybody else is watching that pity party, just swirling out of control, right? Catch it early. Stop that thing. Grab a hold of that thought, right? Because if not, you can just keep going further down the path of like, oh, it's me, me, me. And to Morty's point, oftentimes it's not about us. It's about everybody else that's around us. Great point. And that's the truth. Then let me throw some grace in there because um, I don't want to come across as you guys think, because there's going to be times where we suffer and I don't want you to feel like you can't feel or experience pain or sadness or, or, or be down. I mean, life happens and there's some, there's some yucky stuff that happens in life. But I want you to still not make it about, reach out to someone and say, hey, man, I'm, I'm really struggling here, man. This is really affecting me. And, and get the help you need. Call a brother or sister in Christ and have them walk through it with you. And maybe they can lovingly remind you, hey, um, I'm going to be praying for you. And just know someone's probably watching. I don't know why you're going through this, but maybe God's going to put someone in your path this week or maybe next year. 
and I want you to remember how you're feeling now, but even in your sadness, how are you relying upon God so that you can bring honor and glory to him? That's what God's trying to teach you so that you can help someone else later on, okay? So don't feel like, right. man, pastor said, I can't ever be sad. No. I just always got to be joyful. And No, you can be sad. It's just a feeling. I just don't want you to be wrapped up in your sadness thinking it's all about you. Um, God wants to even use that and that emotion to help someone else. Does that make sense? Yeah, just don't waller in it, yes. okay? And the other thing is I want to I want to do a little something. You're going to have to scoot over. I don't know oh. how well this is going to pull off, but I didn't think about doing this earlier. But So in a trial, like what we can do is we can waller in something, but even whenever we fall down. So if I'm falling, right? Oh, was man. I, was I that was pretty you? good. But I was like, well, that was good. Huh? You felt hard and fast. <laughs> But even though I fell, I up, probably. where am I at? I moved forward, right? I didn't step back, right? When I got up, I mean, I stepped forward. So don't allow your mistakes and your trials and things when you fall down to lay in that thing and waller. Get up! Because when you get up, you're going to move forward. Amen? All right. I kind of wanted to see you, like, roll good. around and waller I could have, like, <laughs> slid good. into That's home. Good. Are we, where are we at? I don't know. Where are we at? I think uh, we're at 14. Verse 14. All right, 14. verse 14. All right, I'm going to read through 19, all right? Uh, when I think of all this, Paul says, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. Now, what's, what's the this? When I think of all this, what's Paul been telling all of us? He's telling us about God's plan. He's telling us about being one, and he's telling us about some of uh, the um, um, comments that Josh and I made up here in the side stories because we use what Paul is telling the Ephesians church to help us help you. And so Paul's like, when I think about all this stuff, life and struggles and, and we're called, there's purpose behind it, there's a plan, there's blessings, both Jews and Gentiles, we're all included in this. He says, it makes me fall to my knees and pray to the Father. Who's he praying for? He goes on the creator of everything in heaven and on earth, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. So Paul's praying for the Ephesian church, even though he's suffering, even though he's in prison, he's thinking about the plan of God for his life and for the Ephesian church's life. And when you are going through stuff, if we would fall to our knees and pray for someone else that's going through it and we could pray that they would have what inner strength people can break your body they cannot break your spirit or your soul Amen. if it's consumed with God Amen. but the time we start focusing getting the focus off of God and onto the problem onto the suffering onto self we start losing that inner strength and it's going to show so Paul's saying I pray that God from his glorious unlimited resources will empower you with inner strength through his spirit then look what happens Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong and may you have the power to understand as all God's children should how wide how long how high and how deep his love is May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, 
then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Another reminder here for those of you that can't pray or can't pray out loud, use this verse. Here's another. We got one in chapter one and we got a prayer to pray in chapter three here. Um, uh, our leadership team, uh, staff and, and elders and, and wives, um, I, I hope we're still doing it. And honestly, I miss sometimes, but we, we at noon, every time a lot of us have set reminders on our phone, pray for truth and grace. This is perfect to pray for truth. So this week, as I've been studying, this is what I've been praying for you guys, for our church, this right here. And if you want to join us in that, just do it. Set a time, set a reminder on your phone, and you can just pause quickly and say that prayer out loud, that God would fill us with his unlimited resources, with his love, that we would know and understand and experience how deep and how wide and how long and how high is the love of Christ. Isn't that awesome? When you really get that, you'll want to give it away. But you can't give away what you don't have. Amen. So many of us, as an excuse, I'll just quickly refer to finances and FPU. I, I wish I could give more. I just don't have anything to give. If you were intentional because you wanted to give, because God so loved the world that he gave, you could budget in such a way that you would be able to give. But you can't give away what you don't have if all of it's going to credit cards or all of it's going to your house or all of it's going to your cars, right? But if you have something, you can give it away. We can't give away the love of Christ unless we really have it. And I want that love inside of me to grow. I want to know more and more, even though I can't fully grasp it, how wide and how deep and how long and how tall and how high is the love of Christ. Because the more he fills my heart with that kind of love, the more love I'm going to be able to give and show to others. Amen. Amen. Praise and worship. Come on up. We're going to go into verse 20. It says this. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And so, again, now all glory to God. This is saying we're not being self-righteous, right? We're not taking on the glory. We're giving every ounce of it to God through his mighty power. You know, I've done sermons, Morty and I have, just around God's power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, right? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave lives inside of us. So we need to start claiming that, understanding that deeper so that we can give that love and power back to accomplish infinitely more. We talked about last week, right? The infinite journey as we walk throughout this life. That God doesn't want us to stop. He loves us too much to leave us just the way we are, but he loves us incredibly just the way we are, right? We have to continue to read and study and grow if we want our faith to grow. Let's all stand this morning. Verse 21 says, Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. No matter what we do, what we accomplish, what we don't accomplish, what trial we're going through, no matter what it is, we give all the glory to God because even in those trials, what? We're learning, right? And God is speaking to us. So what I want to invite all of you to do this morning is maybe you're at a place, as Mandy shared this morning, as she was that place some time ago, giving her life to Christ, right? Rededicating, for some of you, your life to Christ.
we would love to give you that opportunity this morning. We haven't talked about this in a while, but we are blessed with a, a wonderful cross at the back of our gymnasium, our sanctuary. And if that's you this morning, and you want somebody to kneel and pray with you and you give your life to Christ for the very first time, or maybe you're at a place where God's been speaking to you and it's time to rededicate your life, we'd like for you to go to the back and somebody will be back there to pray with you and lead you through that prayer of salvation. If you want to be alone this morning, you just want to pour your heart out to God about whatever it is, if it's praises, if it's needs, whatever it may be, we want you to come down here to the left. And if you want somebody to pray with you, you're going through a time, whatever it is, and you want us to pray with you, come down here to your right side. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, we love you and thank you. God, I pray right now you begin to, to move inside of those that want your touch, that need your touch, God, that want to have a closer relationship with you, God, that you would just continue to make yourself real to them as we continue to, to praise and worship you this morning, God. In Jesus' name we pray.